Welcome to the podcast, Two Dudes, Drunk and Depressed, sponsored by WeDoRelationships.com. I'm Richard, or as my friends call me, OB. I'm Steve, or as my friends call me, Schwaz. <laughs> Alcohol use disorder impairs 29 million adults in the U.S. that we know of. I call it alcoholism. I'm Steve, and I'm an alcoholic, and I'm filled with gratitude and hope. And I live an extraordinary life. You do, my friend. Depression affects over 18 million adults in the U.S. that we know of. It can take the form of adjustment or anxiety disorder. Here we use the general term depressed. I'm Richard, and I have suffered from depression and anxiety. And I am filled with gratitude and hope and live an extraordinary life. Like many who decided to change, Steve and I had to tell the truth to ourselves first. Only then could we make the sustainable progress in our lives and in our relationships. So we're still very much works in progress. Richard and I wanted to create a place for men to go where it's okay not to be okay. Here we may lose our mass, not our masculinity. Yeah, it's time for us as men to realize life is not meant to be explored alone. Let's care for each other as we move toward a better existence. When you tell the truth to yourself, the rest can fall into place. Our hope is that someone listening may gain some understanding and personal peace and discover something that can help in times of need. Yeah, it's up to you. The people in your life will notice. Let's get today's episode. I think that's a swaz, isn't it? It's a swaz. <laughs> it's a swaz. I got to get my little OB. We showed that the, the last time. Mm-hmm. So here we are, my friend, my friend Swaz. We're in season two, episode one of season two. And we're calling this, gosh, um, dudes and their dads or dudes and dads. We'll come up with our little thumbnail. Um, oh, show them your gift. Show show the audience your gift that oh, you got from yeah, your daughter. From my daughter. Look at this. This is, isn't this awesome? Dude's drunk and depressed. My own little trickle. We had changed it to Obi and Swamp. I know. But not, but not <laughs> lesser. She did a great job. Okay. That is a killer journal. So my Way to go. Journal. Yeah, Way thank go. you, Ella. Big shout out to my beautiful daughter, Ella, for that one. Yes. That was awesome. And we're going to get uh, hats with our little... Uh, like we'll get some hands. I like that. What color do you like? Uh, I like black. Me too. Yeah. So we're good. Yeah. We're in good shape. Yeah. Okay. Black Thank God. Good. Otherwise, we're going to have to do a whole podcast about our preferences and <laughs> colors. Right. That would be another issue. Anyways. Yeah. Um, so dudes and their dads, you know, um, mm-hmm. you know, as we're going through this today and we're talking about it, um, the relationships and how we carry these inside of ourselves. You know, I want people to know out there, we understand that maybe you had single parent families or you have unique uh, parenting uh, profiles and those type of things. And just know that you're probably going to hear some things that touches on some aspect of how you carry the relationship with one of your parent or guardians um, in a way that may resonate with you. So we know it's, it's, it's all encompassing, but the big population you know, with the dudes and their dads, you'll you'll hear from our perspective with our dads. Mine is alive. I have a relationship with him that from my earliest ages and that I can remember um, the relationship with him. And he's ill right now. And I, I'll talk about what happened there and how that relationship changed over time. 
Steve Swaz has lost uh, his dad eight, eight years ago, eight years ago yeah. and but and he has a relationship with him as well. So mm -hmm. we want to say to you, our audience, that the relationship goes beyond what we think it is from our early phases of our life. We were different people back then. And then our parents, when they pass, they're different people to us now and they're different essences and those type of things. And um, our last podcast, uh, Steve, you were talking about, you know, the sale of the company yeah. and uh, it was, yes. it's a big, it's a BFD, big fucking deal. And, yeah. um, and that is in so many ways, but I think in today's world, um, maybe if you could just give us a little update of where that is. Yeah. Um, that. And then it's sold and closed. It did. And then you're dealing with migration and integration. Everything about it. Yeah. It was a and it then was, how that relates to your dad. It was yeah. a it was a big experience. We did close at the beginning of this year, January 1st. Um, great company we sold to. I'm still running the business. Um, I have a boss for the first time in I this century, <laughs> which is just it seems weird. It seems weirder to say than it actually is. Um it's really been a great experience, but the whole due diligence and getting up to the final hours and we were negotiating uh, up until one o'clock in the afternoon, uh, the Friday before uh, New Year's Eve or mm -hmm. New Year's weekend. Mm -hmm. And then it just ended. You know, we were we were it was it was like a five o'clock in the morning to 10 o'clock at night, just day after day after day working yeah. on. And then it just was done we agreed to things <laughs> like what happened Go and on. and the whole weekend i was just numb like mm -hmm. i was so wound up from everything that i just couldn't see straight and then i get a a dear john letter from an employee a key employee who quits um and i get that on new year's day and so i'm just spiraling and and in fact part of the reason we haven't been able to podcast is that i just wasn't in a good space. Like I was so distracted. I just couldn't, couldn't stay focused and I'm kind of coming out of it. It's just a weird fog that I've been in, but I mean, if I, if I step way back and uh, I'd been working on this sale for um, starting before the pandemic um, and uh, actually before I even got sober, I mean, so there, was a there, was a, there was a life before pandemic. There was a life before <laughs> pandemic. Uh, and I remember, so speaking of dads, when my dad was dying, um, I got to spend just an incredible couple days with him, uh, his last two days of his, his life. And, uh, and I asked lots of, lots of questions. Um, but one of them that I, kind of needed to reconcile and 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 kind of a in a in a bit of a way get his I, I don't know I, I suppose I was looking for his permission but I I don't mm. I don't think it was he didn't think of it that way but I wanted to know what his thoughts were about me selling the business because I'd never really talked to him about it. And by this time just so everyone knows I had I had owned the business for 15 years or so so it was it was more of the fact that he started it and and uh you know what were his thoughts and i you know i kind of needed to get this out before he passed away 
And, you know, he was like, hey, do whatever you want with it. (laughs) Which is what I expected him to say, but it was just sort of nice to hear it. Um, Of course, it didn't start a kind of, it wasn't like, I got to sell this thing now. Now, finally, I get the answer I want. Can I get the hell out of here? (laughs) That's not what I was, but I I just released. I am so glad I asked that question because that would have been. Something that would have sat with me through this, you know, like, what would dad, what would he have thought about oh. this? Because my dad being an immigrant um, and, you know, and he started this thing up and and it was so important to pass things on through the family and that I would have thought like, oh, God, what do you have thought otherwise of me? And, and um, or been disappointed or all these things that I kind of carried along, but I kind of got that piece. And actually, it really did help me along the way as we were selling. And and I, I kind of felt him with his hand on my back just saying, it's all going to be okay. And um, wow. And yeah, yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. So, so anyway, so that's where we are. Mm. And why don't we talk a little bit? How are you doing, Richard? I know you just went back and visited your father. And yeah, this is all, uh, you know, striking chords. And, yeah. you know, I, I think, uh, when I, I think of my dad and the earliest um, memories of him and all of the different phases of my growth, being the, the oldest of four, I mean, I have a twin sister, so in effect, we're kind of both at the, the birth order at the top of that, and then uh, two younger brothers. And I believe we were always uh, really enthralled with our dad and always have been you know he was very busy always working Mm -hmm. you know it was a classic thing where in those days it was a promotion notice on friday and you had to report to the new place on monday and then we would go oh god and then we would you know oh god we're going to move again and then we'd hate it and then we'd love it and then we'd move again and didn't want to leave what we previously hated you know Mm -hmm. um so it was a pattern of that but it was always this pattern of that bigger than life in the suits big guy ex you know, semi-pro football player, got a letter from George Hallis and from the Bears, you know, all that stuff, invited yeah. to camp, all that kind of stuff. So I've always had this kind of larger than life image of him. Um, and I don't think that has changed. Um, uh, is And I remember uh, a psychology test that I took to be president of a, of a company, which I did get the job. And part of the notes, and I just read it recently, was that he has uh, things very highly of his father was in the notes. And they said that that would play well in the fact that he wants to um, make him proud with the work he's going to do with this, with the company X that we were talking about. I mean, talk about a a lot of work to go through to get hired, but that's why that company is so great. That was with Shea Holmes and the Shea family of companies that have been around since 1888. So back to my dad. Um, He was in retail, um, way up there. Uh, vice president and of uh, the catalog for Montgomery Ward. Those of you not familiar with Montgomery Ward, you can think of Monkey Wards. But if you think of Grant Park in Chicago, which is the large park that was gifted by Aaron Montgomery Ward, that park would not be there if it wasn't for a gift and a grant from Aaron Montgomery Ward. Uh, they invented Rudolph. I mean, all kinds of weird stuff. And uh, anyways, yeah, Robert May, one of their ad executives. So he was in charge of catalog and he had to shut it down in 1985. And it was in Time Magazine that it was one of the biggest business events of the year. And it was shutting down Montgomery Ward catalog. Mm -hmm. And it had to be done. It was past its prime. And, you know, Sears was soon to follow. But Montgomery Ward actually was the first catalog in the United States on the 
frontier. Wow. You know? So um, you could buy homes, right? Mm-hmm. San Francisco has tons of homes. So all these things were kind of built up as these massive things that I, I want to live up to and that type of thing. I had a finance degree in school. I remember, and I went into retail and I can remember when he would visit one time, I was late and he was so livid with me that I was late and he was so disappointed because it, it was like he he would never have that happen. At least he didn't tell me that. Right. <laughs> but right. I was it was just like ashaming myself. I can't believe I did that. It was horrible. I woke out of my bed and I ran up to the place and he was finishing his eggs. And, you know, you can't like you can't do this in life. You can't do this. You, you cannot be that way. And it's Lord, it's sort of like when he wanted to make a point, it was more of he wanted to make it in a point where I never wanted to feel that way again. Not what's going on with that and processing, but almost like it was, you don't, it's like pain and pleasure. You don't want to feel that pain again. So therefore you want to make them proud. And I think we all felt that to a degree with competition, you know, putting each other, my brother's, you know, teeth through his lip when we're playing basketball, when my dad was watching and the kids would box in the basement. You know, my sister would get so mad. She would beat the hell out of my brother in front of my dad. Cause she wanted to win the approval. And she was, when she got mad and hysterical boy, it was like the cartoons with the rapid fire with these red, red everlast gloves coming up. And he would just be laughing. Yeah. It's like rock'em sock'em robots. And he would be laughing his ass off. And we would always laugh about his anger and intensity. I, I, I even brought um, uh, an ivory type of a, statue that said that looked like him with the same hairline with his mouth open screaming and inscription said everyone's entitled to my opinion and we always <laughs> laugh about that we even said when he was in the hospital oh dad's coming around because he's talking about how inefficient the hospital is right so fast forward to this weekend um and i want to say this those of you listening this is how you would affirm with incident because i i'm aware of this and i, I we talked about this in the retreat we were just at but steve I want to thank you for your care mm. and understanding um, and connection while I was doing that. You texted me three different times, four different times, actually, and said, hey, I'm thinking of you with this time with your dad. It's sacred time. And I'm here if you need anything. And you kept reiterating that almost on a daily basis while I was gone from Saturday, Sunday, and Monday until my return. And it's one day removed from me getting back. So I want to just thank you for that, Steve and your care and concern. And I don't know what's behind it all because you're just a good dude and you care about me and you love me and you've told me that. But I think there's a little bit of this connection with dads that we're talking about here too. Absolutely. And so I went up there and I see my dad frail. He's got a heart condition. Um, They thought it was congestive heart failure. It ends up being, you know, a, a weaker part of his uh, heart and the ventricle that was that's pushing blood and fill it around in the circulation. It's not doing it very well. It can be managed by medication. Um, it never gets better, but it can be managed by. And he had edema, which basically is a lot of swelling where blood is coming out of your skin by your legs. If you split your leg open, it didn't for him. It was just little like pinpricks, and his legs were swelling horribly. And so they had to manage that. So all this was going on. I hear about this on on last Tuesday. And I said, I've got to get up there. I've got to go. I talked to my wife and I'm like, I've got to go. And I want to tell him something because I'm not going to wait until he's in a coma mm-hmm. or whatever. I want to tell him some things. And I have told him things, but I wanted to go up there and and do it. Um, and I, I literally walked in. I sat down. I said, Dad, I just want to let you know, you know, these type of things make us 
think about mortality, my mortality, yours. Sorry to bring that up, mom. Sorry to hear that. But, you know, you do think about this. Obviously, you're at Northwestern yeah. Medical. You have great service, great care. Um, but I wanted to let you know that I love you. And me and Carla and our kids and their kids are going to honor you with our legacy. And we will honor you with what we do and become and are becoming in our mm -hmm. lives. Mm -hmm. And that was it. And he was crying. Mm -hmm. He goes, um, thank you for that. Mm -hmm. And then my mom blurted something out and ruined the moment. But anyways, that's a whole nother story. <laughs> no, she didn't ruin the moment. But so, but it was like one of those things where he he heard it. I wanted to say it. I flew up there, paid outrageous fees for <laughs> and just went up there and did. I'm so glad I did. And then we were able to spend time and we got him out of the hospital to a rehab center where he's at right now and checking in on him. But I think the the dynamic of a relationship, I was thinking about him after our retreat, Steve, mm -hmm. where um, Steve's wife, Michelle, um, was at the retreat and Carla and I were the facilitators of the retreat. And I talked about, um, I literally just found out that he had gone into the hospital before I was talking about a forgiveness in a forgiveness ritual. And I talked about my dad and the fact that I wanted to connect with him and have an extraordinary relationship. And he said, basically that, what if I don't want that? <laughs> I'm like, and I, I understood that actually. I was like, I, I get that, Dad. It's like I get that. I'm, I know. I'm all, I'm all he, self actually. He, he, he asked it as a question, so <laughs> he was actually saying, "Hey, he never, he never answered it." <laughs> right. So what we did uh, is what I did is that yes. over the next year was celebrate him, and I modeled celebrating him because he was already thinking about his legacy, and this was like. Oh, four or five years ago and we created a game about his life and it was just amazing um and those type of things so i forgave him for that and i honored him and there was a clearing of a space there and it was really hard to see him you know someone who's usually 230 pounds down to 178 pounds you know so it's kind of shocking you know when you see that and and he doesn't like it either and he doesn't like being immobile and not being able to take a shower and get up and just the horrible things that you can imagine with someone whose legs are swollen twice, three times their size. And there's nothing you can do besides try to not get more sick um, and make the, and make, get the medicine cocktail to work better. So it's tough, man. Yeah, it's it is tough. tough. It is tough, you know? And, and uh, you know, I think we don't think of our, our dads as, as, as uh, mortal, you know, mm. and so when they go through these things and we see them go through it, it's 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 tough. It kind of catches us off guard. And and, um, you know, being able to have those moments with them is priceless. I mean, that really is sacred time. I mean, I remember that stuff vividly. And and, you know, and it just makes me think back about so many of the the memories I have with my dad. And, and you know, so many of them are really good. It was you know, he was a. He was a good mentor for me through, and he, he, he loved me and was supportive of me. Um, he was an old school dad. So, you know, he parented different than I parent my son. And, um, and I don't resent him for that. Uh, you know, being also an immigrant, 
it was all about school. He was the first one in his family that went to college. And so it was really big for me. So I, there were times where I, I resented his, his, he kind of had a narrow direction for me, um, which, you know, in hindsight, I, I certainly resented it because I had a little bit of a rebellious streak in me. But in hindsight, it was he got me going in the right direction. I think that always kind of question I I question that with with my son and well and daughter as well. Like, do you want to push too hard to get them into the focus them on certain things that you can see that they're good at, or do you want to let the kids? kind of make their own decisions. And I think that's one of the tough things as parents that we do. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I look back on how my dad raised me and I appreciate those, the way that he did that. And, um, and there isn't a right way and there isn't a wrong way. Right. There was his way. And, and it, and it, and it created some tension in my life that I, I had to sit in and, and work my way through. And I, you know, and I did get to talk to him about that at the end and, and we laughed about it. I wanted to be, I, I loved art history. So I, in, in college, I got to take three electives. I got an engineering degree. So it was very, very limited on what I could take outside of the engineering stuff. And so I took three art history classes and I, I loved them because it was like me and 30 girls mm-hmm. and a bunch of paintings of naked women. And it was like, how could you not like that <laughs> stuff? This is a really good elective. Uh, yeah. <laughs> A great way to meet people, a tough way to make a living, but I wasn't really thinking about that. <laughs> and I remember years later talking to my dad, I'm like, God, dad, I just really love and And he loved the arts, too. I mean, he had loved to go um, to Europe and visit stuff. And and so we had that connection there. And I'm like, God, man, I really wanted to get into this, but I'm so glad you pushed me into engineering because <laughs> I would have been living off of you guys forever. I'd be, I'd be that kid in the basement at 40. With a pointy mustache? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, probably. The Swazé instead of Swazé. This is on Swazé. Yeah. Yeah, but um, it, it was... Uh, the, I just, just really just these super fond memories of him. And, um, and then, uh, you know, after, after he passed, mm-hmm. I, I just, you know, I remember he was, he was sick for six or eight months and definitely kind of a blur. And I, I remember having a, a conversation with him one time, cause he would, he would call me up and kind of give me the, um, the updates of where he was at with his, you know, he had he had a, a type of blood cancer that was really aggressive. But you know he would have highs and lows, and and I remember I was driving home from work one day, and he he called me up with an update, and he was just he was super down, and it was probably one of the few um, conversations that I had with him that I, I regret how I reacted. And and I just kind of let him have it a little bit because he was he was definitely playing Debbie Downer and and I and I told him I mean like like I I just I was honest and I I told him how hard it was for me to hear my dad telling me all this negative news and um, you know where we just have to stay positive on these whole things and I I was I was speaking from the heart but I. I think if I looked back on it and if I could do it all over again, I would have been a bit more compassionate for him and thought more a little bit about where he was at mm. and just let him talk through that stuff um, a bit more. But I, but I do, I do remember that, but 
Um, and then tonight when you and I were sitting, I, mm-hmm. I, I listened to a, a voicemail from um, about eight and a half years ago when he was sick. And it was the first time I've listened to it. Um, I've got him on my phone and I haven't been able to listen to it. So to hear his voice again, um, which was interesting. I hear his voice all the time, but to, to hear it in my mind versus hearing it on a yeah. recording is, is different. So it was really nice to hear his voice. And, uh, and you know, we become a lot like those that um, are part of our lives from those early ages. And so there's, you know, there's times as I, you know, as a kid, um, you know, I never wondered about like, um, I, you know, there's the, the point when you're really young and mm-hmm. you look up to your dad, like you idolize him. And then there's that point where like, oh my God, I can't stand them. Mm-hmm. And then you start to relate to them. Um, and then you have this r- rich relationship with them, or I did. And then they're gone. And it's like, oh my God, I wish he was around to talk to mm-hmm. talk to me about this. And and that kind of gets me back to, you know, those those days after I sold the business and it was just sort of this dull point. And I had, I mean, there's been times where I've really wanted my dad there with me. And from an advice standpoint, or yeah, just, just being there, be, period, just, just being be, there, period. just yeah. to talk. Yeah. And, and he wasn't there. And I, I really, I, I had not, it had been a long time when I had missed him that yeah. much. So, um, so, you know, I, I felt that he was there, but I just really, really wanted him to be there and just talk yeah. to him. Yeah. So, so that's why I tell you, brother, man, just enjoy the time. Oh, yeah. You know, just, just cherish every minute. Yeah. You said it. It was yeah. sacred time. I, yeah. You know, is it when you said about, you know, you, you didn't want to hear him being negative or Debbie Downer and those type of things. Uh, it's interesting how we've grown from those standpoints. I mean, you model that extraordinarily well now, Steve, and I know you do this with your kids. And I know this is part of the sobriety and a different perspective, you know, all plays into this. But I also think it's you know, what my dad would say, it's whiskers, you know, it's, it's mm-hmm. wisdom. It's like, how do we become elders instead of older? You know, yeah. there's a difference between being an elder and that's, you don't lose your sense of the possibility of something new to happen, the curiosity of something that you don't understand, instead of trying to put everything in a box. And I think if your dad was telling you that today, I, I know you would say, tell me more about that. It sounds mm-hmm. like that's really frightening to you. You know, and you would do that. I know you would. I, would. I know you would. Yeah. And you do that with people on our dudes calls. Yeah. And you do that. Yeah. Tell me more about that. that's really scary I, for you. And that's really difficult for you. And I've learned how to do that. Since you I have. Because I, that was not, so, I couldn't, I couldn't do that. Back right. then. Like I did not, I, I did not know how to, how to do that. I, so that opened up for you. Absolutely. Did. So what do you yeah. want to tell people, Steve, about that? Just lean into it yeah, and try absolutely. to figure out a way. Absolutely. And if it's... Don't, don't be afraid of that. Um, I mean, I was so afraid of getting into the uncomfortable. And, um, you know, it just opens up doors. It just, yeah. it, it really does. It you didn't know what door was going to open, did you? I mean, no. it wasn't like you read a book. Like, oh, God, I can't wait to open that door. Right. And it's, you know, and it, you know, and I, I feel like it helps it, 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 it strengthens a connection, um, empathy. What I always tried to do, uh, was being a guy solve the problem. Mm -hmm. There was nothing I could do to solve his problem. So in a way I was saying, I don't want to hear about it. Let's stay positive. 
when in fact that's not the answer you know right. it's it's all about just being there and people you know i have learned that we oftentimes when someone wants to talk they don't want an answer no and my dad just wanted to talk and um and just have someone to talk to and i suspect that you know it was tough talking to my mom about this you know he just needed a, a secondary person so yeah. um you know it's and you have those. you have evidence of that how, yeah. how, how lovely is yeah. that thank you for you know playing that and for me listening to see your response mm. and your yeah. reaction I, i'm glad you did that yeah ahead of time it was very raw very yeah. personal very i mean we're we're sharing a lot of things folks that you know if you have forums where you can share these things with somebody else and just kind of let it sit there, something happens with the space between you and those four to five people or those two to three people that it just mixes it. It's like these pixie dust comes around. Whether you're a faithful person, then some kind of divine tap comes in. Something that mixes it. Ah, this is another ingredient. It's almost like th stoking a fire and you're throwing, it's, you ever seen the color fires where you can throw in some powder and it changes the color of the flames? Well, that's kind of what's happening when you share these things and you put these things out there and you dive into what's going on. And I know when I first heard, I was, I was stuck in California on my way down and I'm hearing these stories about what's going on because I was stuck in the giant tumbleweeds the size of cars hitting them in front of us as we were going down to Southern California to fly back from where I eventually flew to go see my dad. But that night I, he was at his worst. And I, I sat into connecting with him. It was like I was connecting. It was weird. But the definition of weird is that you have your foot in one place and the other foot in another. That's the definition of weird. Mm -hmm. And so it was really freaking weird. And I said, I'm going to commune I use that word. I'm going to commune with my dad right now. Little did I know he was suffering what they thought was, you know, medication was all these hallucinations. Like what's going on with that? Why are they here? What's happening? Why are there pizza? Why are there five pieces of pizza? What's that yellow dots over there? I don't think that's just medication. I think it opens up space, especially if you're near going to other sides. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh my God, what else did he say? He had visions of the end of the world. It's like, what did that look like? You know? And he said to my mom, you don't want to know. It's just so horrible. And so these things are all going in. But I said, I'm going to commune with him. I found, remember, I found this out later. And I'm going to talk to him now. And I started getting these visions of the Cowboys playing the Packers. Not at the Ice Bowl. We, he was actually at the Ice Bowl in 1967. He was at that game. It wasn't like the 4 million people who said they were at it, you know. Um, they, he was actually at the game. And my mom reminds him that, you know, we had twins and another and a toddler at home. There was three kids under three years old. <laughs> He's had a game drinking shots with his buddies trying to stay warm at 10 degrees, 10 degrees below zero. Hey, that's great. That's great. Way to go, dudes. We love that. Anyway, so he so I, I saw this image of that and I was like, OK, it was football. What is next? And then I transformed into this place where his favorite place in the world is Hilton Head Island, South Carolina. We would always visit there. We were always moving. But from 1978 till the 2000s, we always would go there and always reconnect. And that was our place that was like home, like someone's cabin. I know it's kind of hoity-toity and, yo, God, I guess these guys are wealthy. And uh, Yeah, well, yes, we, were, we had the wherewithal to do these things and we were at a wonderful place. But it could be a backyard in Ohio. It could be, which I've been in with a family of 10, that their mm -hmm. memories are all in that backyard and they're 
as rich as any memory that could be going down a boardwalk. So I imagine I was on the boardwalk going past these palmetto dunes and I was, and my dad was walking slightly in front of me with his wet bathing suit. Like he had just come from the pool, you know, and it's, it's like, you know, I, I almost could see his legs, you know, like his big calves and I'm a little kid. And then I changed into a, a adolescent and I changed to adult. And then I remember looking at him going, how could a man have that much hair on his back? <laughs> it's so it was a little bit of humor. And, I, and then I remember, oh, yeah. and, I, and then after that, I said, Dad, I just said, Dad, I love you. And he turned, it, it, no, he turned when I said the hair, he was like, he heard me say that, but I didn't articulate it, right? I was thinking, but he turned to me and I just said, I love you. And he said, I loved you in my own way. Wow. Whoa. Wow. Mm-hmm. I told him that when I was up there. Wow. Wow. And he was like, <clears throat> because going back to the thing, you know, when I have an extraordinary relationship, it's like he's doing it his way. Mm-hmm. And really our call, and this is tough. You can do it through a therapist, coaching, working through stuff. I'll, we'll try to put tools together that help you with this. Um, but it's like, how do we carry something? It's like, there's a book by Megan Devine says, how to carry something that can't be fixed. How to carry something in your life that, yes, brilliant, loving things. Those were loving memories of me going down and following him and, you know, being excited to go to the water and hearing the ocean and diving for sand dollars and then painting them and all these type of things, writing poems about it. Our kids would be down there. Some of the funnest stuff in our life, watching sunrises with my son in my backpack, in a backpack, and then we go get donuts. I mean, it's all rushing to me now. Mm -hmm. Write it down. Tell them that. Write them down. If they passed, talk to them about it. I'm going to put you on the spot here, Steve, because I remember this conversation when you and I were having, when you were missing your dad, and you were at the dock in Kirkland. And I said, I hung up after I said this, spend time with your dad right now. That's what needs, spend some time with your dad. And I'm going to hang up now and connect with him. It was pretty directive, but you're very open to that. And you did. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do. I do. That was, that was after he passed, right? Yeah. 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 And I, I was sitting out there on the water and uh, and and it just sort of opened up for me. I just I saw him, I saw him all all over in the lake and the areas that we had spent so much time to or so, time together with. Um and he was he was right there. I, I let him in and um yeah, just d- d- deep memories of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the context of it, right? You put yourself in the place of greatest potential to be cared and mm-hmm. and to connect. And you know, so we invite you to you know think about this with your with dudes and their dads. I mean, there's so many places that have you know retreats and stuff that deal with the dad wounds and the the challenges that people have with their dads. And part of that's generational and not necessarily knowing. But if they did the best they could with what they had at the time, and some of you may have been abused, some of you may have been hit, some of you have been verbally abused, we understand and and hurt with you. Yeah. And we're so sorry that occurred. And we're so sorry. And we're looking for something that how do you carry it? 
And sometimes it's telling your story to somebody else and knowing that you're not alone. It's tough and you're not alone. Tell yourself that was tough. Tell yourself that that hurt. Tell yourself that that was sad. Tell yourself that something was brilliant and wonderful and sit in it for 10 seconds and hardwire it. You know, but how do you carry it where you don't have to repeat the pain and you don't necessarily have to try to fight it with the pleasure all the time, but just start there. And then how do you hold both of those in a way that you can have a new relationship with something that either can't be fixed, that we know it's always going to be painful. But if you're having a relationship with it and you name it and you can put some label to it and have a conversation with it in your mind or with a therapist with, or focusing therapy, we, my wife and I do that. Um, we do that with each other and actually help us get to those places inside of us that are blocked and we don't even know. It can help free you up to be the best parent, a colleague, um, spouse, yeah. you know, um, friend. Right. Yeah, and it, it frees you up to do all those things kind of better, you know. And it's isn't something like a little bit better kind of worth it. It is. Yeah, it's worth it because we're already feeling it. We're already in pain. A lot of people are in pain about the relationship with their fathers. I know that. I hear it. We heard it at the men's retreat. We're going to host another men's retreat this year, you know. And we're going to tap into that a little bit and say we we know we understand what is that? What is that for you? And say let's let's and I have some ideas of how we can actually have a relationship with that where we can share and open up the space for maybe something that people didn't yeah. do. Like yeah. you just, you yeah. hadn't listened to yeah. the voicemail, Steve, right. right? It's not like a shame on you. It just happened to be the moment mm -hmm. you, on your journey where that was open to you to listen to that now. Yeah. And I just played the one from my dad. Mm -hmm. How how wild is that? That, is. that all those years yeah. has led to this moment mm -hmm. right now. Mm -hmm. So, like and it does it opens up amazing. so much and that, that opening and, and giving some space to that and just letting that letting those those thoughts and memories or and feelings just kind of be yeah and and uh, allowing yourself to do something with it instead of just packing it in and and storing it there's there is something i mean there's I mean, even like no one, you know, well, neither you or I had a perfect uh, childhood and a perfect relationship with our dads. I mean, there was plenty of times where, you know, we, we weren't, we weren't talking and didn't, didn't see eye to eye. Um, but there was, there's something in there. I mean, yes, there's there like, uh, yeah, I can, at least I can look at some of those things and like, why did I do what I did? And, and, um, you know, kind of put a different perspective on it. And that's, uh, I think that is one of the, the important parts of this conversation. And, and of course, I feel too, like, I mean, for those of you that, that have a, you know, a parent guardian, a mom or dad that's still living and give them a hug, spend a little bit of time with them. Um, you know, our, those people in our lives, we just, we, we just, I think it's sort of part of the, the human condition where we feel like they're going to be there forever. Mm. Until they're not and it, you know, and sometimes it's a long end and sometimes it's a quick end, but it ends. And then, you know, try to try to think of those things that you would want to want to say to them, those conversations you'd like to have um, while you still have a chance. And, yeah. yeah. And, and, and when you wrestle with these feelings that you have towards your your dad i mean i, I as i mentioned it, i i love my dad if he ever hears this podcast i hope he understands that 
by me processing and carrying this and working how I I carry this in my life um, shows how much I care. And and you talking about this and it it's that we care about it. We just don't want to, like you said, don't stuff it down in the, right. you know, in the backpack or, you know, the back with the other potatoes that we were not dealing with. We don't know about. Yeah. We're willing to do this and you can create some type of freedom, even though I know it's really painful for some of you guys out there, but I, I would suggest like in, like in Braveheart, right. We're going to fight like warrior poets yeah. and we're going to earn our freedom. And we're gonna and we did that tonight. Yeah. We yeah, a small piece of it yeah. that we shared like warrior poets. We mm-hmm. shared like 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 our our father's sons. Yeah. Is what we did. Definitely. We're our father's sons. Yep. And the relationship continues after they're gone. Yeah. So um and and you continue that and you develop that relationship. So it's it even if you've got a, a real bad one with your pop, I mean, when your pop's gone. You, you still have a relationship. So, <laughs> it's, right. so, it's not behind door you know, three. Like That's the inside. They're just done. They're still it's there. It's not like what a bad girlfriend. It's a girlfriend. This is done. Yeah. Jeez. All well, right, man. Well, that was a lot. I don't that was a lot to hear that. That's that was a bad. Oh, that's okay. She's not a bad. She girlfriend. was never a bad girl. Never. We can do some editing, but yeah. she's never. She's never <laughs> All right. Well, and by the way. A shout out to our spouses that have supported us on this type of journey. Yes. And are supporting us with these conversations Absolutely. right now. And we checked in with each other mm-hmm. uh, last week about that. Mm-hmm. So a lot, we're gonna we're gonna noodle on some more of this stuff. We may have to do a, we may do a follow-up to this. Um, we invite you to ask questions. We invite you to share your thoughts. Um, you can do that on Spotify. You just um send the note and I will. If you're okay with me publishing it or not, just say whether you I can publish it or not. If there are questions you have related to this or you want us to talk more about it, please put in the notes and response in, in Spotify or an Apple podcast or whatever medium you use that you can send a note. You can email us directly at we do W-E-D-O Institute at gmail.com with any questions you have or anything you would like us to to cover. Um we our our boy our boy Winston W E gave us some good stuff that we talked about last time about coping skills. Yep. So if there's anything, we're all grieving something. Mm-hmm. You know, Steve's grieving his dad and continues to have a relationship. I'm grieving what my knowledge is of my dad and you know what he's the situation he's in right now. And I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to grieve, you know, and uh, and live what I can now with what I have. So until next time, two dudes out. Thank you for listening to our podcast, Two Dudes Drunk and Depressed. And so sometimes the best thing you can do is simply show up. Thank you for doing that today. We are here for you as we answer our call to serve others. Remember, tell the truth to yourself and the rest will fall into place. Those lyrics are from a song by the band, The Abbott Brothers, and really spoke to Steve and I. If you have questions, comments, actually should have said it's to Steve and me, right? To Steve and me, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Is it Steve and I? Chet. We need Chet GPT there. Yeah, I think it's Steve and me. Oh, if you have questions, (laughs) comments, or would like to be a guest on the segment, Two Dudes Interviewing Women, then write us at wedoinstitute at gmail.com. That's W-E-D-O institute at gmail.com. 
All right, guys, so what are you doing today to leverage your brilliance and do the work necessary to make some progress in your life? Consider one box check by just listening here today. Yes, well done. Two dudes, out.